Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. My co-host is my good friend, Gil Martin. In addition to this show, I host Cheese and Packers, and Gil is the host of Lockdown NHL. He also writes for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Gil, uh, we are recording this seconds after the... Packers Chiefs preseason game ended and apparently you screamed yourself hoarse during this game. That's been really exciting. Um, uh, I I don't think excitement was the reason. (laughs) All right. uh, Maybe, uh, maybe just some laryngitis or something. Either way, um, not the most exciting preseason game, but the, the final preseason game never is that exciting. It is, however, time to figure out who we think is making the roster, who's not making the roster. Um, that's going to be our, our main topic for the day. We'll talk a little bit about uh, guys that we thought maybe stood out a bit. But before we get into any of that, I want to uh, give a quick shout out and a thank you to our sponsor, Athletic Greens. We've been pumping up their new product, uh, AG1. It's a delicious health supplement. Been pumping this up uh, for the last couple of months. One scoop of delicious AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. And let me tell you, you know, I'm not getting much sleep right now because I have a, a new daughter. And uh, any little edge I can get to give myself some more energy throughout the day, I will take it. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system. Man, I tell you, that baby's screaming. Definitely need some help from your nervous system or watching a Packers game. That'll do it too. Uh, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, which uh, Gil is a big fan of anything that helps with his aging. So uh, right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Gil, um, let's touch on Jordan Love to kick things off. How did you think he looked in this game? Well, I I think it's still a mixed bag. I I think we're looking at a player who is a little bit more decisive. He showed some more zip on the ball, uh, but there was, he still isn't as consistent as I'd like to see him. Um, The way I would put it right now is this. I don't think he's ready to be a full-time starter in the NFL yet, but by the standards of a backup quarterback, which is, 
could he come in and make a spot start and lead your team to a win or replace someone mid-game if, if heaven forbid, injuries strike and he has to do that and lead your team to a, the odd win? Yeah, I think he's capable of doing that. So as of right now, I think he's making progress, but I think he is a backup quarterback. Well, the good news is that that's all the Packers need him to be right now, uh, Lord willing. Um, sounds like Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers would both disagree, at least publicly, with uh, your assessment of where he's at right now, just based on the comments they made in the last few days. Um, I think overall, I mostly agree with it. I, I think if you had to, let's say that you had to start him for a six-game stretch and in that six game stretch, you're mostly going up against uh, just sort of average, not not terrible, not great opponents. I think you probably could win either two or three games in I that agree. stretch, um, which is not something I would say for just your typical backup. I, I think that he is probably a very, very high end backup right now. Um, I think a team that was trying to lean on him as their starter would still be in some trouble at the moment. Uh, but I really like where he's going. And uh, somebody, uh, actually a few people have pointed out that last week against the Saints was the first time in his professional career where he's played back-to-back -back games, including the preseason, which uh, then uh, tonight would be the third uh, consecutive start for him. And I think that you can see the fruits of that. He looks to me much more in control of the offense. That's the first thing that I noticed um, in e even in the, the first game against the 49ers. I felt like there there was just a a different sense of calm confidence kind of emanating from him. Better vibe moving guys around uh, looked like he felt very comfortable out there. Uh, and then obviously he had a fantastic game against the Saints. Um, I would say a little bit of a step back. Uh, tonight against the Chiefs compared to the Saints, um, but still uh, pretty good. A couple throws that I think he would like to have back, obviously. Um, but overall, I still was really pleased with what I saw. And I think that his overall growth and development that has been displayed throughout the course of this preseason has given me some confidence in him for the first time really since we drafted him. I, I, I think the lowest I've ever felt about love was the Lions game in week 18 uh, at the end of last year because it was just it just felt like man how many times are we going to see him come out here and just show absolutely nothing um, and it, it just was very disheartening and it, especially when you knew that he was going to have a half to play uh, going into that game so um, seeing him in this preseason really turn a corner I'm, I'm getting flashbacks to a young Aaron Rodgers as he was kind of, uh, you know, turning a corner after a couple of uh, lumpy um, off seasons, but all in all, I, go ahead. I, I'm not quite ready to put him in the young Aaron Rodgers category. I like the progress I'm seeing. I am more confident in him than I ever have been before, but there's still some work to be done. Oh, absolutely. Um, so uh, let's see. Who stuck out to you the most that uh, you think really changed their fortunes by the way they played tonight, either in a good way or a bad way? Oh, boy. 
Uh, I liked what I saw from Toure, although it was late in the game when he started mm-hmm. getting some reps, but I think he helped his cause. I don't know if he makes the roster, but I think he helped his cause. Um, and, and Tyler Davis helped his cause with the one good catch he made, although he didn't see the field a lot. Disappointed a little bit in uh, Zach Tom, the way he really? uh, took some penalties out there uh, in this game. And I think the offensive line as a whole against Kansas City was disappointing. Interesting. Uh, I, I, Yeah, the, the offensive line did not look as sharp as I wanted them to. I liked Zach Tom at left guard. I thought he was getting getting some good work in there. Um I thought Josh Myers looked good. You know, I didn't I, I I did not pay close enough attention to Josh Myers. I think I was so excited about seeing Zach Tom at left guard finally that I I was really soaking up he was soaking up a lot of my attention there. Left guard is where I have always wanted to see Zach Tom play since we brought him in. You know, obviously we've had John Runyon there this whole time, and it felt like well, how can you move John Runyon? But maybe John Runyon flips over to right guard. Maybe that's that's a uh, lineup that they consider. I think Zach Tom is one of your best five offensive linemen at this point. I think he's better than Royce Newman. Uh, I agree. That so I I think you got to look for the best way to get Zach Tom on the field and make him one of your five. And I think if you got Bakhtiari and Jenkins, the best spot for Zach Tom is probably at left guard. I think I would rather try John Runyon at right guard, then I would try Zach Tom at right guard. Well, the only concern is, you know, Runyon's been at left guard for all of last year, most of training camp. I'm only a little bit worried, and and I have to see what Runyon would do at right guard, that by making that move, you're weakening two positions, possibly, because you don't need Runyon to become your weak link because the footwork is like mirror image of what he's used to doing. So... Uh, it is I, late in the game to try and, and switch him. That's uh, what that's what I'm saying. Right it is the late season. in the game. So, uh, you know, to me, I think Tom is one of the five best, even though I was a little disappointed with some of the penalties he took today. But uh, maybe it would be smarter initially to slot him in at right guard and let Runyon stay at left guard. Of course, we can't discount the fact that Runyon played all over the line for Michigan, as you well know, as a, yes. a Michigan guy yourself. Uh, I, I, I think probably Runyon at right guard and Zach Tom at left guard. I, I, I think we would get better results than the reverse of that. Is is just my two cents. The thing with John Runyon as well is, although he is a very, very good. Uh, pass blocker his run blocking is an issue and so maybe that 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 is an argument in favor of keeping him in at left guard I think that the um, one thing you can't argue with at all is that uh, Stenovich and Butkus and LaFleur <laughs> uh, have a, a tough decision ahead of them here as they try and figure out how they're going to shuffle this offensive line where exactly they're going to stick everybody that that's that's a that 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 is uh, not a task I envy them. We're gonna, I guess, we're gonna probably kind of try and do that ourselves here, right now, and figure out who we think is is making the roster, uh, and how and and who we think the starters are gonna be. Um, for starters, first off, we think that Bakhtiari and Jenkins are both going to play in Week One. 
Uh, I think Jenkins may. I don't think Bakhtiari will. What about you? That's about where I'm at as well. I think Bakhtiari feels like he's probably probably three weeks away now, which mm-hmm. would kind of put him at starting in like week two. Yeah, and I, and I could live with that. I, and I wouldn't even, you know, week two is a home game, so I don't mind, you know, I would prefer him to have his first game on grass rather than artificial mm-hmm. turf. Sure. especially after what happened last year in Detroit. Uh, but, you know, Yash, I could live with Yash at left tackle for a game or two without any difficulty. Yeah, the question is who's going who's gonna to get the start left tackle between Elton or Yash, and you would presume the other one is going to start at right tackle. I mean, they have been giving Elton some looks at uh, which, guard, which guard position have they been putting at left guard? I think. Left guard. Uh, they, they gave him a couple looks at that there, but I, I, I think uh, pr- he's probably your starting left tackle would be my guess for week one and Yash at right tackle. That's that's my guess. All right. I, I kind of guess it would go the other way that they would keep uh, Jenkins at right tackle because when Bakhtiari comes back, that's where he'll most likely play. And Yash has more experience at left tackle than at right tackle. But I think it depends if you're talking about one or two games. uh Maybe, maybe you try. I, I don't like the flip-flopping though, especially like a guy like Yash who doesn't have as much experience sure. to ask him to do the mirror image thing. I don't want him thinking out there. I want him reacting. So I, I would be happier with Yash at left tackle, even though I think Elton Jenkins is a better tackle than Yash overall. All right. Uh, the, the only other note I'll tack on for the um, Elton Jenkins thing is, I just want this out in the universe. If I were in charge, we would be sticking Elton on the interior uh, for at least the majority of this season and let him work his way back slowly. I've been on that train for forever. I don't think the Packers uh, agree with me, but that's what I would be doing. Uh, Let's look at other offensive linemen we think are going to make the roster. First of all, uh, do you have a number of offensive linemen in your head that you think are going to make the roster? Uh, I do. Uh, I am going with nine. All right, that's the number I have as well. So I'm putting Yash Nyman on there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm positive you are as well. Uh, Royce is on there for me. Yes. Uh, Sean Ryan. Yep. So that's seven right there. So we got two more guys. Um, and there's there's four other offensive linemen on the roster right now. So uh, give me one guy that you're going to cut between uh, Caleb Jones, Jake Hansen, Michael Manet and Rashid Walker pick, pick the first well, Manet is the easiest cut. I think out of the group. Okay. Then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to cut Jake Hansen actually. Okay. I think Jake Hansen makes it over uh, Caleb Jones and that Jones and Rashid Walker head to the practice squad. Uh, before we move any further forward. So Rashid Walker's a, a, uh, 2022 seventh round pick. Do you have any 2022 seventh round picks on your 53? Uh, your options are Rashid Walker, Jonathan Ford, Tariq Carpenter, and Samori Toure. Uh, no, I don't. I didn't think you did. Uh, I think a lot of people don't have any. I think most of them are going to make the 53. Wow. I think, I, th- I, I think Goody likes his seventh round picks a lot more than than uh, we do. That's 
that's where my predictive brain is going. Okay. Uh, let's see. So that that's our our offensive line here. So you're keeping uh, Jake Hansen and so you're you're cutting Michael Manet. Oh, you you said, but you said Caleb Jones and Rasheed Walker both go to the practice squad, right? So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, I must be keeping ten accidentally. Aha! Uh-huh. I got I got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I had ten. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll keep Caleb Jones over Rasheed Walker. So that's so I'm I'm cutting Michael Manet, Jake Hansen, Rasheed Walker. You're cutting. Um, Michael Manet, Rashid Walker, and Caleb Jones. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we we have one spot that we disagree with on offense. Uh, with, disagree with each other on offensive line. Um, let's do tight ends because it's an extension of the offensive line. Okay. Obviously, there's only one spot up for grabs. So, who gets tight end four? Is it Tyler Davis, Alize Mack, Sal Canella, or Nate Becker? You know, I I, I wrote an article earlier in the week, and I have changed my mind since then. I don't agree with it, but I think Tyler Davis makes it. I think it's clearly Tyler Davis, just by the way the Packers are talking about him. Yeah. Um, I did not think he had a good game. I thought he had a terrible game, but I thought that was three terrible games in a row. I have never wanted to keep him. I w- didn't understand why he was here in the off season, but it's fine. It's whatever Packers like him. They think he's really athletic. So I think he's tied in four. I think it's completely undeserved but that's i agree it's their, it's their roster so that's i i will say nate becker does not make the practice squad for me i he's he's never been a good football player anywhere he's been i don't understand the nate becker thing um between alizé mack and sal canella i think they both are decent options uh i would have both of them ahead of tyler davis if i was putting this together i would keep mack but i i certainly have seen some cool and um, encouraging things from Sal Canella. So uh, if this was my roster, Mac is on there, but I think uh, Matt LaFleur is keeping Tyler Davis. I agree that LaFleur will keep Davis. I would not keep Davis. Uh, I, I think Mac sticks on the practice squad. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Maybe Sal Canella also Possibly. gets on the practice squad, but don't we have a smaller practice squad this year than the last year? Wasn't that like 17 last year? And I, think this year? I think it's 16 now. It's, it's 16. Okay. I was I thinking think. it might be 10, but um, so maybe Sal Canella sneaks on there as well. I think Mac f- probably for sure makes it um, let's see running back. Here's the new trendy thing. People are now on the bus of saying that they think the Packers are only going to keep two running backs specifically because of two things. One is that Kylan Hill despite showing no science he's coming back anytime soon is going to magically come back soon. And that they have given Amari Rogers some handoffs out of the backfield. So do you buy that theory at all? No, I do not. I think think that you can't have only two running backs on your roster. One of them gets hurt mid game and you're in trouble. You know that you don't want to overwork Aaron Jones because of his size and his tendency to wear down a little bit, get injured a little bit. I I think the other thing is Kylan Hill's been placed on the pup list. So he's got to miss at least four games. Uh, 
you know, he's been put on the regular season pup list. So he's going to miss a minimum of four games. Could be longer. We don't know. I I think they have to keep a third running back on this roster. And I I still think that everyone is going to say Tyler Goodson deserves it. And from a pure running perspective, I think he does. But I think Patrick Taylor gets it on the on the strength of his blocking ability in pass protection and his special teams contributions. I have nothing to add because everything you said was exactly correct. <laughs> well, that's easy. So that's running back. Let's do wide receiver. Uh, do here's the, here's the first question. Do you think the Packers keep at least seven wide receivers? Yes. You do. Seven is the number I have. All right. And do you think that the seventh spot goes to Jawan Winfrey or to Samori Toure? I think it goes to Juwan Winfrey. I don't necessarily agree with that, but as I tweeted during the game uh, against Kansas City, I think the assistant general manager who wears number 12 wants Juwan Winfrey on this roster, and he will make the team as a result. I don't have my answer for this one yet. I'm going to have to think about it for a few more days um, and, and rewatch Samori and Juwan in this past last game. Here's the thing for me is that I think Jawan has a pretty clearly defined ceiling. I think that he kind of is who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he is going to continue to improve his game at this point. I think that um, he's uh, I'll call him a poor man's Alan Lazard. I think he's a poor man's Alan Lazard. I think you are getting from him about what you got from Alan Lazard um, in 2019, which is uh, he good in a pinch um, can be a reliable third down target uh, move to the chains kind of guy. The difference is that I think that Lazard has continued to hone and improve his craft. And I just don't know that I, I I don't see that for Winfrey moving forward. Here's the thing. Winfrey is certainly not limited in his athleticism. He's got all the physical tools to keep improving, but I just, when I watch him play, to me, he feels like a guy who's just kind of maxed out what he is capable of putting together. So that's just kind of where I'm at on him. Um, I'm still, there's a tiny part of me that is up in the air on Sammy Watkins roster spot. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has uh, talked pretty definitively about Lazard Cobb and Watkins being uh, wide receivers one through three here. I'll just say, I, I think, I think that they've tipped their hand a bit on Romeo Dobbs. I think Dobbs is going to be a, a focal point of this offense relatively quickly. Um, maybe call it by week six. He's going to be wide receiver two. That's kind of where I'm seeing it. I just, the way Rogers is holding him to this really high standard, um, talking about him differently than he is Christian Watson, talking about him differently than he did about the trio of guys that we took in 2018. I think that Rogers really believes Dobbs is special. I think Dobbs can clean up the problems he's been having with his hands. Um, and, and I, and I, I really think that, uh, that by like week six, Dobbs is going to be probably wide receiver two. Um, you know, and, and we'll have to see how this thing shake out at that point. I, I, I do think Sammy Watkins makes it, but I have probably the biggest question mark about him of anybody in the first six. So uh, between Juwan Winfrey and Samori Toure, like I said, I don't have an answer today. Um, I think if you were going to make me make a decision right now, I would just say they keep six wide receivers. 
but I think that Winfrey or Toure could, um, with what they put on the field in these last three games, which I want to go back and rewatch, could change my mind in the next couple of days here. I agree with you on on Dubs and that by week five, six, seven, he will be a bigger contributor to the offense. The reason I think they keep seven receivers, we didn't see Christian Watson in this game. Mm-hmm. That tells me that they really that he's not ready for prime time yet, that if he is going to be on the roster, and he definitely is going to be on the roster, he may not be ready to play for the first game, two games, three games. We don't Mm -hmm. know how long that's going to be. He has not taken a snap in a preseason game yet, let alone a regular season game. I don't think they want to be shorthanded at receiver. Some of these depth receivers, whether it's Torre or Winfrey uh, or Dobbs, can double on special teams initially. And I think they keep the seven, but uh, I I think Rogers insists on Winfrey and I disagree with him. But then, you know, the the other thing to consider is the statement I made a little while ago about Gutekunst really being in love with his seventh round picks here. So maybe Toure has that edge. I think, I I, I think that uh, Gutekunst is going to be arguing in favor of Toure and Rogers Mm -hmm. is going to be arguing in favor of Winfrey. I I bet they're going to have conversations about that. I um, agree. Over the next couple of days. So I'm curious to see where Matt LaFleur, um, well, not see, I don't think we will see, but I would be curious to know where Matt LaFleur stands on that one. Uh, I think that wraps up the offense for us. Let's talk about the uh, defensive tackle group. Jack Heflin made some splash plays tonight, especially that huge tackle for loss on what was it? Fourth and one fourth and inches Um, caught everybody's attention. Here's the thing. So uh, what, what is the number of defense of interior defensive linemen that you had on your, on your roster? Five. So over the last 11 years, uh, the number has been 5.5. I -hmm. think, I think Jack Heflin has earned a roster spot. I'm going to put six on here. I am going to put Heflin on there. I think, uh, you know, you, you do have some fantastic depth in that room, um, but especially with uh, special team stuff. And and I think John Ford is the one guy in, in the uh, group of uh, seventh round picks that I just I don't see it for him. The 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 only reason that I could find for why you would draft him because he was not a good college football player and has not been good in camp, has not been good in any of the preseason games. But the one thing that he has always been good at is um, blocking on uh, kicks. Yep. And, you know, is, is that enough? Has he done enough on that to earn a roster spot? I don't think so. I think I think Ford is out in the cold. I think I'm going to give that roster spot to Jack Heflin. Uh, I like Jack Heflin a lot. I want to find a way to keep him. I think Chris Slayton has showed a lot, but I think they both end up on the practice squad. Uh if they keep six, I think Heflin would get it. But, you know, again, you talked about ceiling. I think Heflin is what he is. He's a, a guy who will always hustle. He is a guy who will uh, not really ever become a big pass rusher, but he'll be a, a good hustling run stopper. Uh, I, I just I want to find a way to keep him. I just don't see where I can fit him into the roster at 53. 
looking at the outside backers, who is your edge three at this point? Who do you think has, has won that job? Boy, uh, I got to go with, uh, with Kingsley and Agbar. Uh, uh, can we figure out how to say the name? <laughs> I'm going to say it's Enigbare. I think that's how it is, but uh, I'm going to go with JJ the Jet playing. Okay, <laughs> it's it's so tough because uh, so when we drafted him on draft day, he put it put up a video uh, saying, "Hey, it's Kingsley and Agbar." All right, that's that's what it sounded like to me. But his but then, voice trailed off. <laughs> it really did, yeah. And so it was like. Did he say an Agbar or an Agbari? And then, right. and then you listen to it and you're like, well, did he say an Agbar or an Agbar? So, <laughs> so I, I, I've been calling him an Agbar since we drafted him prior to drafting him. I called him an Ag, or uh, an Agbari, but um, well, I'll, I'll go with an Agbar for now. Here's my thing with, with Kingsley really like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a liability in run defense right now. Big time. And the biggest uh, thing that you need out of your edge threes, you need somebody who's not going to be a liability in in uh, run defense. So to me, although no doubt in my mind he makes the roster, I think he's buried on the depth chart a bit behind uh, Tipa Naliai, behind Jonathan Garvin, and uh, it. I mean, Ladarius Hamilton. So are they going to keep six guys? I don't think they're going to keep six guys. I think they're going to keep five. And I think they're going to. Um, give Kingsley a roster spot by virtue of being a fifth rounder who they really want to keep developing. Um, but I don't know that they just view him as a part of the plan for this year. I think they just have like, Hey, we got four outside backer spots uh, for our guys. And we got Kingsley as a, a developmental guy that we are going to give a roster spot to here. So, so maybe they keep six because for that reason, but I think between Garvin Naliai and Hamilton, I think they pick two. And I'm going to say, I think it's Garvin and Naliai. I think Ladarius is probably the guy who's out in the cold. Um, but if it was me making the decision, I would probably keep Naliai and Hamilton over Garvin. I'm not a big Jonathan Garvin believer. I think Garvin does make it. Uh, but again, I'm still concerned about the three and four spots on this. Very team. concerned. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and to me, I think that uh, Tipa has emerged as the clear and obvious edge three. Um, he was the best run defender on the team last year. Um, he certainly does provide a bit of pass rush support, but, but I think that due to his uh, excellent run defense, I'm putting him there as edge three. And then I think, uh, Garvin and, and Hamilton are are very, very similar players. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to Garvin as a draft pick uh, and, and say that he probably makes the roster. So, all right. So who's, who, who's your, your uh, three guys behind uh, Rashawn and Preston? Uh, I have Kingsley uh, and Igbare. I have Garvin and I, I think I am going with Tipa. Okay. Um, so that would that would be the end of Ladarius. Maybe we stash him on the practice squad. Um, If he is willing to stick around, he might want to go try uh, his luck with another team, which would mean Kobe Jones on the practice squad. And and Kobe Jones has done some intriguing things. Um, I I, I don't think he right now is anywhere on the same tier as those other guys, but, but ascending an ascending player. Yes. All right. For the inside backers, how many are you keeping? 
Inside backers, I have four. I also have four, um, but I am torn. So I have right, Isaiah McDuffie there. Yep. But I mean, obviously Devondre and quite, but the, I have Isaiah McDuffie. I thought Chris Barnes had a pretty bad night. And I think the Packers really like Ray Wilborn. I'm mm. going to give the roster spot to Chris Barnes because that's what I would do. But I, I just, I will not be at all surprised if they cut Barnes and give the job to Wilborn. And I think that Summers is long gone. I, I, yeah. I'm surprised he's made it this long. I don't think Summers makes this team. He may be willing to stick around on the practice squad, mostly for special teams. You could elevate him and, and plug him in there if you need to. Although, oh, don't even get me started on special teams tonight. Oh, but it's dreadful. I, I I'm not sure they offered it to him to stay on the practice squad. Well, we'll see. But uh, to me, it's Campbell, Walker, Barnes, and McDuffie. Okay. That's, that's who I have. Um, I'm just saying that if it's McDuffie and Wilborn instead of McDuffie and Barnes, uh, will I be disappointed and sad? Yes. Will I be at all surprised? No, I will not. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, safety. So <laughs> Amos and Savage, we had the, uh, somewhat surprising release of Vernon Scott. Um, yeah. but I, I already did not have him as my safety three. I had Sean Davis as my safety three. So at that point, are, are you keeping four or five safeties? Five safeties. You're keeping five safeties. So am I. Uh, do you have Dallin Levitt on yours? Uh, I do, but I think what's going to happen is they'll pass him through waivers, and then he will be put on IR. Um, so I don't think the shoulder is ready. So he's not on your 53. Well, he will be on the 53, but then they'll stash him on. Because if they put him on IR before – final cuts he's done for the year so they have to keep him on the 53 wave someone else and then try to bring someone back Ooh, i like it okay well that's some 40 chess right there um i can see that so at, at that point who's the guy you're bringing back uh it's close i i think you have sean davis you have uh abernathy and mm-hmm. i think the possibility exists that they may look to sign somebody because I am not confident in any of these guys right now if either Amos or Savage had to miss his substantial time. Man, I'm, I'm really buying your down Levitt like swap maneuver here. I, I think that could be the play. And I think the guy that they're going to drop and resign is Micah Abernathy. I mm-hmm. think he's earned a roster spot. Um, Ennis Gaines has never shown me anything intriguing ever. I'm, shocked he's been with the Packers for this many years I have Tariq Carpenter on my 53 Carpenter I like what he can do on special teams he is so vulnerable in coverage though I think he could be good in the box right now but he looks so slow in coverage not slow a foot necessarily but slow in his decision making Mm, yeah that to me if he makes the roster he is special teams only, and other than that, it would be almost like break glass in case of emergency only. Okay, all right. Um, so, so you your five are Amos Savage, Sean Davis. Uh, you got your down level for somebody swap, right? Which is Abernathy. Uh, so you think so? So then, who's your fifth safety? Is it Ennis Gaines? No. Uh, I think they're going to bring in somebody. 
Oh, okay. All right. I, I think they're going to bring in somebody. Interesting. So on your on the initial 53, you only have four safeties then? Well, you have Levitt, yeah. Davis, Abernathy. Oh, well, Abernathy, you'll swap out. Right. So it'll be Amos, Savage, Davis, Levitt, and then swap Abernathy. And, and maybe, maybe if you could find someone better, bring in a fifth. Interesting. All right, so uh, I think that just leaves cornerback. So you know your top three. After those, um, pick one to cut out of Shamar Jean Charles, uh, Keyshawn Nixon, KB Ento, Rico Gafford, and Keandre Thomas. Pick one to cut so far. Are you think they're keeping seven corners? No, no, I'm saying I'm saying who's the lowest on the totem pole. Uh, boy. I'm going to go with uh, Ento. You think they're cutting Ento? I think Gafford and Ento are both getting cut and put on the practice squad, quite honestly. I think Keandre Thomas is not making the cut. Um, and then I'm I'm going to keep Ento and cut Gafford, I think. Okay. I think that's where I'm at. I, I just think that um, the, the last kind of reason that you had to keep Gafford was his... Uh, ability as a returner. And I felt that uh, tonight against the chiefs that he just showed that he didn't really have enough of it Mm -hmm. to to give him a roster spot. That's just kind of where I'm at. I think that uh, Dobbs and Amari and uh, one of the running backs, I I think that's what you're looking at for. um, And and Christian Watson, I think that's where your returner is going to come from. You know, to Ray, if he's, if he's on the roster, right. Dobbs, if he's on the roster. Well, Dobbs is on the roster. But. Yeah, Dob- yeah. I said two Ray if he's on the roster. Right. So well, what think, about I th- you? Think Dobbs is going to be so involved in the offense they wouldn't use him as a returner? Uh, not for the first few weeks. No. Okay. No, so. I, th- I think I think he'll get get uh, return work for the first few weeks for sure. Okay. So, um, so uh, last year we had a we had a confusing thing happen. We we only had a uh, fifty two guys on the fifty three man roster. Because we didn't keep a punter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were 52 guys. One of them was not a punter. And they went ahead and traded for Corey Bohorquez after that. So do we think there's going to be anything wonky going to happen with the specialists? So you got a kicker, a punter, and a long snapper. And I think you have questions about the kicker and the long snapper in terms right. of what your 53 is going to look like. So first of all, is Mason Crosby going to... um play week one first is is he gonna play week one he says he thinks he'll be ready I'll believe it when I see it I'm a little concerned uh the fact that there is an extra week off gives me a little more Mm -hmm. hope but man I want to see him really do well in practice which we won't be able to see but I want to hear that he's doing really well in practice uh before he's ready for week one I I think he will give it a go but if he's not ready, uh, I feel a little bit better uh, about Ahmed, Ahmed and yeah. maybe they stash him on the practice squad as well. I think you can stash him on the practice squad, uh, elevate, elevate him to the game day roster for week one. Possible. Um, and give yourself a little bit of extra time. I, I think that could be a thing. Uh, do you think Jack Coco will be the long snapper? Oh, boy. Uh I'll put it to you this way. I think if 
Brian Gutekunst feels like there's someone let go who's better than Jack Coco, he won't hesitate to sign him. But well, the issue the issue is there's only two teams in the NFL who have two long snappers. Exactly. So it's 30 teams have only one. So you're there's only two guys out there who could get cut and possibly be become available. Yep. It's not looking that promising. I, I think Coco will get the spot, but have a very short leash. I, yeah, I think they're they're. I, I'm still surprised they have not brought in another long snapper, another punter, another uh, kicker to already be working out in camp, um, you know, get some familiarity because, you know, they're going to keep those guys on the practice squad, right? Maybe not. a. I mean, traditionally, you wouldn't think they keep a, a long snapper, but just given what last year looked like, I, I think yeah. that it would be surprising if they didn't keep a practice squad long snapper because you don't for sure have your long-term answer at long snapper on the roster. No, you, <clears throat> you don't. And boy, the way special teams looked against Kansas city was more than a little upsetting and disappointing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw somebody on Twitter say that uh, we owe an apology to the last few Packers special teams coordinators, because this is a, uh, a player issue and not a coaching issue. And I'll just say, I think that, I think I'm halfway there. I think it's clearly is a player issue, but I'm also not going to apologize uh, for the things I've said about Menenga and Drayton. I think they both were way over their head, especially Drayton. <clears throat> um, but man, the, the most surprising thing to me is the amount of roster turnover we've had already at this point um, that, that so many of the guys who have been uh, big special teams guys in the last couple of years, who, who were causing a lot of the problems are gone and have been replaced by other people. And the problems are still happening. And it's a different coordinator at this point. I'm baffled. I, I don't have a theory as to what the heck is wrong with special teams. Well, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it a lot this season, but I, I will just say as of right now, I don't see any improvement in special teams from a year ago. I, I just think we're cursed at this point. <laughs> I am running out of explanations. It's just, so ugly. And, you know, just to almost give a, a, a terrible example, you know, Amari Rogers always has trouble figuring out which punch to field and when to make a fair catch and when to let it roll. Mm -hmm. So what happens? Fourth quarter, we had uh, Ishmael uh, Hyman back there and he did the same exact thing. And I'm just like, please, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what, what is wrong? Why is everybody making the same mistake? It drove me nuts. It really, really drove me nuts. It, it's it's crazy. I, I really thought that bringing in, an, you know, and, and I never thought Masaccio was going to be a savior, but I thought this is a uh, competent guy who's been around for a long time and will just instill a baseline level of just um, competence to where, no, we're not going to be one of the best in the league, but, you know, 25th if we can get to 25th right now this unit doesn't look anywhere close to 25th it still looks like 31 to 32 it looks ugly and I am not happy about it and I am looking at this season ahead with trepidation when it comes to special teams well uh we got a we got a week off right yeah yeah we've been kicking around the idea for um a while of doing a, a review of the 49ers game um, 
interested to see if uh, you guys listeners are interested in hearing that. Um, I think this might be a good week to do that. Uh, reach out to us um, via email or on uh, social media. Uh, Twitter is a great way to get a hold of me. Uh, you can reach out to either one of us. Uh, let us know what you want to hear in our off week. We have not nailed down what our topic is going to be, but I think that 49ers game review could be interesting to kind of just go back and, um, you know, maybe not relive the pain, but <laughs> relive some of there's some stuff that happened in that, in that game that I think a lot of people forget about. Um, it's a it, it's an interesting game and some stuff uh, went wrong and went right at times that um, I forget about when I when I go a while without uh, revisiting that game. But let us know uh, for now. That's going to do it. We'll be right back here next week and the week after when we finally get real football back. Follow mm-hmm. us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can also email us at asknowhuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com